Frequency Cast. Startup in progress. Hi, and welcome to Frequency Cast, the UK's digital TV and technology show. At Frequency Cast, it's our mission to keep you up to date with today's tech, answer your questions, and keep you entertained along the way. Our shows are driven by your feedback. You decide what we talk about, and we'll do the rest. Here's what we'll be looking at today in show 102. Content copiers to start getting letters from providers. A new way to give your broadband speed a boost. Get out in the fresh air and start hacking. It's a box with a switch, but what does it do? Plus power line, voice recorders and multicast. First off, here's Pete with the latest TV and tech news. Frequency cast, now loading, news. Headline time starting off with local TV. London Live has been on air now for just four months and has just applied to Ofcom to significantly reduce the amount of local programming it offers. This is to allow more time to play repeats of TV sitcoms such as 2012 and Peep Show to hopefully increase poor viewing figures. As well as London, local TV stations are also available in Nottingham, Norwich, Glasgow and Grimsby. Are you watching? Let us know. Next, Sky is to launch Sky Sports 5 on the 12th of August. This new channel is set to become the channel for European football. Customers of TalkTalk Talk will be pleased to note that a new deal with Sky means they'll get this channel, as well as access to Sky's catch-up content. Now, do you use Facebook on your smartphone? If so, you can expect the messaging feature to be dropped from the Facebook app any day now. To send messages over Facebook now, you'll need to use the separate Facebook messaging application. Apparently Facebook is doing this to avoid user confusion. Staying with smartphones, conspiracy theorists who feel their mobile phone calls are being listened to now have the option to encrypt their voice calls on iOS. The Signal app from Open Whisper Systems uses 128-bit encryption to ensure your calls can't be monitored or recorded. Paranoid Android users keen to scramble their words also have an option. It's called Red Phone and it's available from Google Play. The top gadget on most tech lovers' lists at the moment is the flying quadcopter. These unmanned remote-controlled drones fitted with cameras are all the rage. But be warned, one quadcopter flyer steered his flying machine over rides at Alton Towers and posted the resulting videos on YouTube. The Civil Aviation Authority took a dim view of this and took him to court for not maintaining direct unaided visual contact and for flying a small unmanned surveillance aircraft within 150 metres of a congested area. He pleaded guilty, accepting a £300 fine plus costs. Flyers beware. Next, ever lost your door key? Well, the 21st century solution has arrived. A number of services have started up in the US that let you take a scan of your door key from your smartphone camera and keep it as an electronic backup. Then you can use a 3D printer to run off a temporary plastic spare copy. A handy option perhaps, but one more security threat to worry about, having your keys photoed and printed while you're not looking. And finally, my favourite news story of last month. A motorist pulled over onto the hard shoulder of a motorway, fearing his car was due to burst into flames. A message had appeared on his dashboard saying FIRE. It turns out that rather than this being a warning message, it was the now playing track information from the Adele track Set Fire to the Rain. How embarrassing. 
Thanks, Pete. For more TV and tech news, go to frequencycast.co.uk forward slash news or follow us on Twitter and Facebook. And if you fancy a little musical test, which 1985 song by the Talking Heads would cause your sat-nav to say this? Turn around when possible. Answers on a tweet, please. Frequency cast. Now loading. Focus. Hello, Kelly. How are you today? I'm very good, Pete. How are you? I'm very good. I have a very important question for you, though. Oh, go on. Have you been a naughty girl? I don't think so. I'm very angelic. I want to know if you are potentially going to be one of the people on the VCAP hit list. The what? Yeah, you may have missed this news story, but it's a big one when it comes to TV and music copyright. This is the Voluntary Copyright Alert Programme. Are you aware of that one at all? I'm not, no. Next year it's all going to change and it's all about downloading dodgy content. Now, be honest, have you ever... Don't look at me like that. Have you ever downloaded or watched something that's been downloaded? <laughs> well, you're not alone. This is all about potential changes to the copyright laws. Now, as you know, downloading dodgy content, downloading movies, downloading songs without having bought them is not good. It's in breach of all sorts of copyright rules. And they've been working very, very hard for the last four years to sort out a series of rules. After four years of wrangling between the internet service providers and the music industry and the video industry and the movie makers, we are going to see this thing called VCAP come into play in the early part of next year, where your broadband usage, your internet usage, will be monitored and checked for copyright infringements. Damn it! (laughs) And you will be getting letters if you've been naughty about downloading things that you shouldn't. Oh, Crikey. Well, I like post. The key question, of course, is what happens? You get a letter. You could potentially, if you continue to be naughty, get up to four letters a year from your internet service provider. So I'm restricted, really, to four movies a year. Well, four letters, it depends how many movies you can download before the letters turn up, I guess. So I just have to, like, pack it out right at the beginning of the year. So the key question, though, is what happens after your four letters a year? My guess would be a fine. You would guess wrongly. Well, there isn't anything else. That's correct. Nothing happens after your four letters. So it really is the most pointless amount of effort. Yeah, pretty much. I'm actually lost for words. This is designed to educate you. So did you know that you're doing things that you shouldn't? Have you got people potentially in your house, uh, maybe kids upstairs downloading content that they shouldn't? That kind of thing. It's educating people to make them aware that what they're doing is wrong. And that's because of the the various hassles and legal twists and turns. Like, for instance, when I pop round to visit you every now and then, first thing I normally ask after a cup of tea, what do I normally ask for? My Wi-Fi code. Exactly. Now, in theory, what would happen if I waited until you were out, drove up outside your house and downloaded some dodgy movie content onto my laptop outside? Technically, you'd be the one getting the letter... That's very mean of you. Well, I wouldn't do it, obviously, but this is the problem, is just because you have the wireless connection and you pay the bill doesn't necessarily mean you're the person downloading things that you shouldn't. So that's why it's very difficult to fine and imprison. Uh, A little bit like, you know, speeding points. They know someone with that car was speeding, but not necessarily who the driver is. And a very similar thing happens with the internet copyright stuff as well. If they're going to go to all of that effort to tell people that what they're doing is wrong then they have to be able to enforce something. Otherwise, 
no one's going to pay any attention. And this is the, the bottom line here, is we've had this ever since any kind of copying came out. When books came out and could start being copied, when people got photocopiers and scanners at home, when cassettes came out and people recorded off the old Radio 1 chart show, when video recorders came out and you could video TV programmes, keep them and share them. We've had this every time and they bring in all these laws to try and prevent the copyright theft. And it keeps happening. You can't stop it. The worst they could do is potentially fine you, but then people do what they do in other countries and encrypt the data so that you can't find out what's being copied and downloaded and get around it that way. It is an unwinnable fight, and this is the latest attempt to control copyright. Well, I think it's going to be another one that will fail, unfortunately. To me, this isn't the method that you you know, threaten people with or find people with or send them emails or whatever. It's to do with the root cause. It's why do people take copies of these things. For instance, let me give you some tests here. If you bought a DVD and lent it to a friend, would that be legal? Yes. Sure? Yes. What about if they copied it while you'd lent it to them? No. So is it them that's illegally copied it or you that was the owner? Should you have controlled their loan of it more? Oh, I think it's them that are legally responsible, but I'm sure you're going to tell me I'm wrong. Okay, what if you burnt a copy of your DVD onto a tablet? That's fine, providing it's your own tablet. What if somebody borrows the DVD while you're watching on the tablet, so two people are using it at the same time? I would hope that that was fine, but I'm guessing, again, you're going to tell me I'm wrong. Okay, what about if you download a movie and store it on your laptop, and then you do a backup of your laptop, so you've got a copy on a backup drive as well as on your laptop? Oh, my gosh. (laughs) This is the problem. And the other daft side of it here is actually how much it costs to get these things. Now, we were chatting just before we started recording about going to the cinema. I'm not a cinema goer these days, and that's because of the prices. Six quid is the cheapest I could find to get into a cinema. Normally, you go as a couple or as a group of friends, so minimum 12 quid. And you had a very good response to that. Well, it's the experience, isn't it? That's that's The, The sitting in the back row of the cinema experience well not necessarily just that but kind of getting out you're unlikely to pause your your film you're going to watch it all the way through rather than get distracted by something or another isn't it quite nice to be sat on the settee watching a film where you can pause it and go to the loo or talk to someone in the middle of it I don't know, it's quite nice being in the pitch black and you've got the massive screen and you've got your popcorn. I mean, how often do you buy the popcorn in to sit in front of the TV? Yeah, but how much is popcorn these days? And these days we've all got big tellies. Pete, to be completely honest with you, I know I put up a a decent argument for why people go to the cinema, but I never go myself. For a couple to watch a film, it's 12 quid. When it comes out on DVD, that's about 10, 12 quid. And you can watch it, you own it then. It's not just like watching it once in silence in a cinema. You then own it. If you want to rent it from something like Sky Movies, that's £4.50. But that's to watch once. To be honest as well, if you wait long enough, I don't even think it's 10 quid most of the time. I see the majority of films that have just been released from, from the cinema onto DVD at like £8. And when you're looking at £4.50 to £8, well, what's the extra couple of pounds? Then you get the silly stuff here. You get the uh, buying it on iTunes kind of side of it, where a uh, blockbuster is between six and ten quid. And I took a look at uh, Rise of the Planet of the Apes, the, uh, the prequel to the one that's out in the cinema at the moment. You could get the DVD from Amazon, posted to your door, free next day delivery for £5.35, or you could own it on Sky for £6. So it's cheaper to physically get someone to put it in a box and courier it down to you for the next day. It's crazy. It's just mad. 
It is. The difference there, though, is if you want to watch a film and you've decided you want to watch it that evening, it's that on demand. That's what they offer, don't they? And that's how they get away with those sorts of prices is that you're not going to actually be shopping around for your for your DVD and making sure you've got the best price. You just want to watch it there and then. Now you gave me a good example. Another issue when it comes to thinking, you know, do I want to spend 10 quid to download this film? I don't know if I like that film yet. And I can try and make that judgment and sometimes I do, but I would rather watch a film and then say, love that film, I would watch it again and then go and make that purchase than actually buy it, realise 15 minutes through that it's not my sort of film at all and then kind of give it up. I mean, maybe it would be good that you could download the first half for free and then you pay the rest because, I mean, there's nothing worse than not seeing the end of a film. Now, you see, that makes sense. And this is my thought here is either half of it for free and you pay for the rest or you get a low quality version. And then if you want to own it, you then obviously own the high res version as a physical media or an electronic copy that you can then watch again and again. Now, you see, I do that. You know, I take a punt for a pound or two to watch a low res version of the film to see if I liked it before buying it. I agree. Are we actually in agreement here today? I think we are. Do you think we should write to them and say this should be your second step? It's all very, very silly. And we need it changed, don't we, Kelly? We do. Time to reinforce some change. Right, so there you go. Dear listener, do you agree or do you disagree? For once, Kelly and I are in agreement. This is all silly. These letters aren't going to work. The only way to change this is make stuff more available and cheaper. Agreed. Right, let's change gear. I would like to introduce you to your next challenge. There's a box you can build. It's going to cost you 40 quid, but you will find it's well worth it. Are you ready? Well, it depends if I can put it on expenses. We'll discuss that later. You basically build it as a kit. You have to do a little bit of soldering, a little bit of construction, and it comes in a lovely metal box. I saw this coming up on your social media, and I didn't get round to pressing the play button. So just describe it for me. Well, it's like a metal box with a switch. What do you think that switch does? I have absolutely no idea. Well, come on, you 40 quid, you build it, it's got a switch and it does something. Does it turn into something else? Right, I'm going to show you the video of what it does. Unfortunately, because we're radio, our listeners aren't going to know. I'm ready. What? <laughs> Are you actually joking? Oh my God, that is the most pointless thing I've ever seen in my life. How cool is that? You want one, don't you? No, I don't. 40 pounds. But the joy of building it as well. It's not just like you get it out of the packet. You know, you've actually got to make it do that. Well, at least we know what you're getting for Christmas. And if you want to find out what we're talking about, we will put the video up on our website. And I just want to say to you, though my birthday is coming up very, very soon, I definitely do not want one. www.frequencycast.co.uk Hi, I'm Jason Bradbury from uh, The Gadget Show, and you're listening to Frequency Cast. Right, next up, Kelly, we're going to talk about broadband. Now, we're pretty lucky, you and I, we've got fairly fast broadband connection speeds where we live, but what about those people around the UK that don't? I know. Actually, I have family members that really have problems with broadband. And um, we've heard from quite a few of the uh, listeners that they have the same problem as well. 
But fortunately, we might have found the answer. We're talking to Paul, who is the CEO, no less, of Boosty. So uh, tell me, what products are we looking at here then, Paul? Boosty allows you to combine your home broadband connection with the second broadband connection. Most people actually have it already in their pocket, which is their smartphone. So people complain, like I do, I get two megabits per second at home. It's really lousy, yeah? Can't do an awful lot. But I'm paying Vodafone a huge amount of money for my cell phone coverage. And if I can be combining my two megabit broadband connection at home with my four or five megabit 3G connection from Vodafone that I'm already paying for, then it means I can get much faster speeds without spending lots of money. Better using what I've already got. So Boosty allows you to do that seamless combining of those two connections. But what we also do is try and put as much data down your home broadband connection and only use mobile when we absolutely need to. And that's presumably just for the bill shock element of it that you're not going to go over your mobile broadband allowance. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, so most people might have you know one, two, three, four gigabytes uh, a month of allowance from Vodafone or O2 or three. Um, but by you know boosting intelligently, only using the mobile data only when it absolutely needs to that can go an awful long way. Now, if you try to use it all the time, it would use go very, very quickly. Um, but with Boosty, it doesn't. And what you can also do is cap the amount of data that Boosty uses every month. So of my four gig a month I get from Vodafone, I only actually use about half a gig of that when I'm out and about. So why shouldn't I be using that other three and a half gig I'm already paying for when I'm at home? It's offering some real value. Um, and it's not just about speed, it's also reliability. So Boosty's got a, a little switch on the side and you can put in something called failover mode. And it means that you might not be using your mobile because you've already got fast enough speed. If your broadband connection fails, it will then seamlessly, without you having to do anything, kick in mobile. And once your home broadband's back, it'll switch back over. Very snazzy. Now, when I first looked at this and uh, you explained what this was all about, I was looking for the SIM card socket, making the assumption that you had to get your phone, hoik the SIM card out, throw it into your box to get the connection. But it's smarter than that. Yeah, so again, what we're trying to do is make use of what people have already got, what they've already bought. And most people now have an iPhone, Android, Windows, BlackBerry phone that can do what they call tethering. And that means the 3G mobile data is not for use just on the phone, but other things can connect to your phone via Wi-Fi and make use of that mobile network. So that's what Boosty has. It has built-in Wi-Fi. So when you walk into your house, if you've got Wi-Fi hotspot enabled, Boosty will detect that you've walked into your home and then without you having to do anything, can then seamlessly start combining the two. I notice on the side here you've got a USB socket. If you don't necessarily have a uh, smartphone, some people do have 3G or 4G USB dongles. They might have been given free from their ISP or they've got one from work. So you can just plug that into the side and use that to get the 3G mobile data into Boosty rather than Wi-Fi. Because in some ways I would imagine that's cheaper. Certainly these deals where you get the, the dongle on say a top-up basis means you don't have to get a tethering uh, account for your smartphone. So I'm assuming for just buying one of these little dongles with a 10 quid top-up, you can then effectively sort of boost up and back up your internet. Absolutely. We try to keep it flexible so whatever you've got will try and use. Awesome. Very impressed. How much are these little boxes then? So £69, including VAT and delivery and subscription fee. 
So what we do is, um, for the first year, you get that included within the router bundle for £69, and then subsequent years it's £39. And the only reason we charge a subscription fee is what these little routers are doing is essentially splitting the traffic across your mobile and your home broadband. We need to bring it together somewhere. So we've got servers on the internet that bring it back together again. And all of that data and all those servers cost a huge amount of money, so we just cover our costs with that uh, very small, modest subscription fee. So go on then, if someone wants to get hold of one of these Boosty boxes, where would they find out more? So if you go to boosty.com, that's B-O-O-S-T-Y.com, all the information you need is on there. We've got a great little video that in about a minute and 20 seconds explains exactly what it does and what you need. Um, you can then pre-order the routers. And the uh, one minute, 20 second video, presumably no buffering. Well, it wouldn't be buffering if you had Boosty, no. And for more details, go to the website, www.frequencycast.co.uk. Right, the other thing I would like to talk to you about is a new game. It's not overly new. If you've had a Google Android device, it's not that new. If you've got an iPhone, it's very, very new. And it's called Ingress. Have you heard of Ingress? I haven't, no. Let me just show you what's going on here. Let me just fire this up. Downloading latest Intel Welcome back. Pockets of this exotic matter are seeping into the world and there are two teams out there looking to deal with this stuff that's leaking through the planet. So there's our scanner and you can see that's physically where we are at the moment, yeah? Yeah. To control this stuff that's leaking through the Earth's core, there are various portals around the place. Right. And the nearest portal is 375 metres that away. Okay, so here is the nearest one. And basically, that is a portal on our side. So they're the good guys. Okay. And what you basically have to do is walk to get into range of this. So go up to the door. And then you hack the portal to steal the goodies and try and defeat the enemy with it. It's pretty complicated. You're looking very confused. Yeah, I don't quite see the point. The point is, it's a game that gets you off your backside, out into the fresh air, to take control of local landmarks. And the clever bit is you do it as a team. So you need more than one person to try and defeat one of these. So it's a bit of social media. There's a lot of sort of chat stuff going on. You can see all this you know, local chat. There's quite a lot of people in this area out and about. They're out there attacking and defending these various portals. I've only just started, I'm, to be honest, I'm not taking it terribly seriously. I'm only level one, but it is actually quite addictive. You do find yourself out and about thinking, oh, while I'm here, I'll just quickly hack this portal and try and do it. It's quite a novel little concept, and it's been a Google-only product for a while, and it's finally made it to the iPhone. And rather than being out there playing Candy Crush, Boom Beach, or Clash of Clans, get out there in the fresh air and try some real-world hacking. Maybe if I could go and sprinkle fairy dust over something, I'd go and do it. How old are you, 12? <laughs> I like to think so. So there you go, Ingress users. If there's any frequency cast Ingress users out there, let us know, are you enjoying it? What would be really good is if you can give us a ring and try and do a better sales pitch on it to our Kelly here. Give us a shout on our pod line, which has been very quiet recently, 0208 133 4567, and let us know you're an Ingresser. And we'll see you out there in the field. Frequency cast. Now loading. Interaction. Time to hear your questions now, Kelly. And who's the first one from? 
The first one's from Steve Saul. He asks, I foolishly bought a cheap power line adapter. I'm worried about it as it seems to get quite hot. Can you recommend a power line adapter that doesn't use much energy, is quite slim and doesn't get hot? Asking for the world there. Okay, well, we'll see what we can do. Uh, what we did was we did a little bit of Googling and we found a very handy review uh, up on the hardware.info site that shows the various power consumption ratings of all of the power line adapters that are out there. Now, the key is going for one of the lower speed ones. Typically, you've got 200 megabits a second or 500 megabits a second, but the 200 megabits a second are better at energy efficiency because obviously they're not as hard working. This site lists the TP-Link AV200 as only taking 1.1 watts when in use. The most thirsty was nearly 6 watts. So it's six times more energy efficient than some of the other ones out there. And it's only 20 quid, so might be worth a look. Steve goes on to say, Incidentally, I've recently updated my smoke alarms and boiler thermostat to Nest. It's great to be able to control essentials in my house from my smartphone. I'd really recommend Nest. Okay, so you might remember a couple of years ago we got the British Gas remote control boiler in. Nest is a new service. It costs about £250 to install it and you get a wireless thermostat for the wall that you can control over the internet and from your smartphone. They also do smoke alarms that you can check on uh, remotely which do uh, CO2 and smoke for about 90 quid. So not an overly cheap system but it does give you full control and also alerts you if something changes at the home. I'd quite like that to be honest. The amount of times I've gone out and left the heat on full whack it'd come in come in real handy and when you're out and about you could send a text message to your smoke alarm saying hello how cute that's a little bit strange but okay okay who have we got next there kelly the next question is from isabel um, she asks i'm trying to copy mp3 and wav files to my olympus vn8500 digital voice recorder which i've done successfully in the past when i try to copy from my laptop via the cable the files show up in folder a on my computer screen but the recorder indicates that there are no files saved in any of the folders why well, Isabel, we think the answer here is the VN8500 doesn't support WAV or MP3 files. Because it can't play them, it doesn't show them up in the menu. This model of voice recorder only supports WMA, which is Windows Media Audio Files, WMA. If you want to try and play those back, you need to convert them first off. Good luck. The next question is from Darren Nay. He asks... I have UView from BT and also have a Samsung LED smart TV in my bedroom and was also wondering what difference was between multicast TV and IPTV. Do you think in years to come IPTV and multicast TV will be the way forward as more of us get faster internet and start to use online services like Netflix and Amazon Prime and also IPTV and multicast TV more often? Hi Darren, well I wouldn't get hung up on the terminology multicast and IPTV. Multicast is just a way of transmitting one thing to multiple recipients and it's one of the technologies involved in IPTV which is often referred to as TV over internet. Don't get too worried about it, just know that that's the technology that delivers TV and film content to your home. I've got very little doubt that internet TV is definitely the way of the future. TV aerials, they're so out it's not the way to go and even satellite is still largely a one-way system where the broadcaster beams out stuff and they're received by homes. High-speed fibre is definitely the way of the future. It frees the content maker. They can transmit straight from their servers to everyone, cutting out the broadcaster and the distributor and of course it's two-way. 
uh, which the other services aren't. So as time goes along and more of us get decent high-speed fibre connections, that is the way of the future. Would you agree on that one, Kelly? I would indeed. That's pretty much how I watch my TV now. And of course you never download anything illegally, do you? There you go. That's the interaction section for this show. Thank you very much as ever for your questions and comments. And if you'd like to get in touch either with your thoughts or with a question, several ways you can do so. You can call us and leave us a voicemail. The number is 0208 133 4567. Or you can send us a text on 07882 043 521. It's the cost of a standard text. None of that premium rate stuff here, you know. No, or of course, as always, you can send us an email via the Contact Us button on our site. And we're also on Facebook and Twitter. We are indeed. And it'd be great if you could give us a mention on your social networking feed so others can find out about us and share and enjoy. Till the next show, have fun and be safe. Bye-bye. Frequency Cast. Shutdown in progress. Thanks for listening to today's Frequency Cast. For news updates and to get in touch with us, go to frequencycast.co.uk. While you're there, click the Add Us to iTunes button. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Just search for FrequencyCast. Our shows are driven by your feedback, so please get in touch and tell your friends. Frequency Cast. Shut down in progress.